What's up, guys? Happy Tuesday. Joining me today is my guy, Coach Preston Spradlin. He is the head men's basketball coach over at Moorhead State University. Moorhead State is where I attended uh, my collegiate career. I finished out there uh, once I left DePaul, and then I went to JUCO and then ended up at Moorhead State. So I was there from 2015 to 2017. I was elated when Coach Preston uh, agreed to come on, and uh, we knocked out this interview this morning. So I'm excited for you guys to hear his journey, hear his grind, and basically give some insight about the game of basketball that we all love. So hope you all enjoy this episode. Be sure to uh, catch the full visual to this episode on YouTube. The link will be in the episode description. Peace. Coach Preston, thank you for finally coming on the podcast, bro. How's everything been going for you? Man, everything's great. This is uh, this is a big honor for me. I've been been following on Twitter. I've been seeing all these uh, guests that you've been bringing on here. So I'm, I'm trying to. to get a chance. You, you taught me well. Uh, I'll never forget when you called me and you was big on relationships. And you was big on details. And obviously I didn't grasp it as much back then, but now I do. That's why this podcast has turned out to be the way it's been going within the guests. And I appreciate it. Appreciate that, um, Coach Preston. And when you agreed to come on, I couldn't believe it. So uh, I was really looking forward to you, and just thank you again, bro, for coming on. Oh no, man! It, like I said, this is a this is a big honor for me. I've been uh, been following obviously everything that you uh, yeah. that you do for a number of years, and when you started doing this, I was really proud of you. Um, you've always been a, a really good speaker, you know, and, and very good with with conversations. That's a gift that you have. That's a, that's a you. gift that I discovered with you a long time ago when I first started making those recruiting calls. And so uh, now you're putting it to uh, to good use, you know, and you're, you're making an impact and, like you said, building relationships. And so I'm, uh, I'm really proud of you. I'm proud of what you're doing, and I'm excited to be Thank on you. here and to discuss uh, whatever it is that you, you'd <laughs> like to talk about. I appreciate that. Let's Let's dive into, like, High school, you was inducted into the Hall of Fame at yeah. Betsy Lane. Um, I did my homework. How was that experience for you and the family? You know, it was it was really cool. Um, it it kind of came out of nowhere. One of my uh, former uh, assistant coaches when I was in high school, he's now the girls coach at at my small high school um, in Eastern Kentucky. And so uh, those guys, he, he nominated me to to be put into the Hall of Fame and. I really appreciated that. You know, I was I was by no means a, a great player. Uh, but I guess I was a, I was a good player for small high school or where we were. Um, so uh, I think the fact that getting to go on and and uh, you know advance my coaching career and be a Division One head coach was probably a little bit more the premise of being in the Hall of Fame. But it was a great feeling. I got a chance to go back. You know, I hadn't been back to the school and probably 15 years and they had built a wow. new gym. I, I didn't even know how to get in the building, which was, which was kind of fun. And uh, so my wife and I, neither one of us had even been back and got a chance to take our kids. My grandmother was there, my aunt and uncle, my mom and dad. And so uh, it was cool. It was a lot of fun to go back and uh, see some old friends and coaches and, and uh, a great honor for me. I really appreciated them doing that. I think you put the town on the map, like here in Gary, it's a small town. Um, but what you did and where you are now, it's, I, I saw the love was organic and they was really yeah. proud of you. Yeah, no, it's, and, and it's mutual. You know, I'm always, I'm big on, uh, you know, never forget where you came from and 
And uh, I'm, I'm, again, with the relationship piece that stems back to, uh, you know, my early days in, in middle school and high school and all that stuff. And so uh, I'm very fortunate now that, you know, I get to coach here at Moorhead State that I'm not too far from my hometown or about Sweet. a little under two hours, uh, but it's a very similar area in eastern Kentucky. We're a little bit northwest of where I grew up, but the town is pretty much the same size. And uh, so the yeah. culture is very similar. Remember, we talked about relationships. The letters you had me write, I had no idea why you wanted me to write them damn letters. I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna write these paragraphs by mom and Jared and, and Marvin, uh, God rest his soul. But Jared, send me, send me a picture of that letter I sent him, handwritten. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, Preston made me write that to you, but I, I do mean it. And I'm using it for good within the podcast. So just never forgetting where I come from and seeing my mom has it enveloped, sealed. I was like, that was Coach Press, and he was big on remembering why we're here and what's our why. Talk yeah, about you know, your um, – I've always been big on those. I'll never forget the very first handwritten letter that I received was when I was in college. You know, I used to travel around working basketball camps anywhere and everywhere that they would have me. And uh, I'll never forget a, a coach. He was a junior college coach. He still is. A guy named Scott Schumacher um, down in Texas. He sent me a handwritten note. And I had no idea, never gotten one before. And uh, so it just inspired me. So I started uh, writing notes to people all the time, to coaches. And, and so now it's just a, it's a habit. And uh, it's, a, it's a good habit to have. It means something when you, you take the time to personally write a, a message or a note to someone with, you know, handwritten as opposed to a text or an email or whatever it may be. And uh, it means a lot more to people. And so we always try to pass stuff like that along to our players and, uh, and that, that's a policy that we've still done, even since uh, you left here in the summer. We, we like to have the guys sit down and write a couple inten intentional notes to people. And, um, and the impact's always good. And that hopefully it's a lasting habit that our guys build. I didn't know that you went to Alice Lloyd. Yeah. You played there for – how was that experience? Because my audience, like I know you, we have these conversations all the time. But for my audience here, like in the Midwest – you know, you know where I'm located. So for the Gary, Indiana community, like what was it like for you playing at Alice Lloyd? Because they see you now, but they don't know your grind that you went through to get where you sure. are today. Sure. Yeah. Uh, again, I wasn't a, a great player by any means. And so Alice Lloyd, for those that don't know, is a small NAI school in eastern Kentucky. Again, not far from where I grew up and uh, played there for four years, played with some good players. You know, we didn't have a, a ton of success in terms of, you know, competing for championships. So we had some good years, had some good players. And, you know, I really fell in love with coaching. You know, I went in I, all, all my life. I wanted to be a coach. And um, going into college, I just had the mindset that I wanted to be a, a high school coach and be a teacher. And so I started to get my, uh, my degree in teaching and social studies education. But, you know, through being a college athlete, traveling, all the things that come with it, and then getting to work camps in the summer at at different places, I, I fell in love with, with college basketball. And so I wanted to chase that dream of, of being a college coach. And so um, I had a great experience as a, as a college player. It was a lot of fun. You know, I learned to, like most college players, I learned to accept my role. You know, you go from being the best player on your team or in your area, your region, whatever that may be, to now everybody's good. You know, everybody's, right. everybody's uh, you know, got size, athleticism, they can play. And so uh, I, I quickly found out I wasn't nearly as athletic as, as most of the guys I was playing against. And so you have to find a, you have to kind of carve out a role for yourself. And, you know, I went from being a, a kind of a scoring 
uh, guard in, in high school to I was, you got a I was clip. Strictly, strictly a shooter. Yeah, when I, when I got to, when I got to yeah. college, I wasn't fast enough to get by anybody, so I'd stand in the corner and shoot open threes. But uh, you know, all that stuff is just a is a great experience. You know, it's same messages that we pass along to our players, and you know, if you're going to be successful and as as a as a team, if you're going to be successful in life. You know, you've got to embrace your role. You got to you got to have great role identity, knowing what your your strengths are, playing to those strengths, and then making sure that those strengths are uh, affecting your your team in a positive way. And so I learned that, you know, as a player, and uh, try to pass that along to our guys now. And you have UK ties. How was like the competitive nature of just being a graduate assistant and intern for the UK men's basketball staff? You know, it was it was an unbelievable experience. Uh, I, I was just very fortunate uh, that when I got there, um, I, I didn't have a real in. You know, played small college ball. I didn't come from a coaching family. I didn't know anyone who was a, as a was a coach, and so uh, just very fortunate, very blessed to get that opportunity. And uh, you know, when I first got there, that was Cal's first year, and we had eight guys that were in non-assistant coaching roles, and so. Wow. Uh, what that means is they were guys that, that couldn't recruit and guys that couldn't get on the floor and coach. So I was one of those. And, um, you know, I, I, again, I really didn't have an in. We had some guys that had connections. They were either really good players or, um, you know, relatives of, of coaches or, you know, whatever that may have been. And, you know, I didn't have any of those things. And so uh, I just – I knew that I just had to outwork people and do the best that I could with that. And so uh, I came early. I stayed late. Uh, I was just an absolute sponge. You know, anything they asked me to do, I would do it, do it to the best of my ability. You know, you get asked to do things that you, you don't know how to do. Um, but I think you just try to figure it out. And that didn't mean I did everything right. I was told I did things wrong a lot of times, but that's how you learn. You know, you learn through failure. And, uh, and so I went from having one or two things to do in the first you know month or so that I was there and just really getting to know everyone to, um, you know, my role really expanded and I got to learn a lot of stuff. I got to learn a lot of things and build a lot of trust and have great experiences with, with uh, the program and with the staff that, uh, you know, prepared me to be where we are right now. And you went to the final four a couple of times, what, three times? Three, three final fours. Yeah. So nice. Uh, very, very blessed. You know, we went to three final fours and uh, I had different roles in, in each one of those runs. Uh, some, you know, more uh, exclusive roles, you know, more uh, detailed, some not as much. Um, and then, you know, in 2012, we won the national championship. And I was just, I was able to be around so many great players and so many great coaches and got to network and, and meet so many people. You know, one of the things that um, was that I was in charge of there was, you know, I was in charge of who came to practice every day, which was a nice. great role for me. And so I got to meet so many people, whether they were, business people, alumni, um, whoever that may have been. But the one group of people I got to, to really meet and get to know were NBA personnel because we always had uh, NBA, you know, GMs, uh, scouts coming to practice nearly every day. And so uh, I was able to coordinate that and get to build relationships with those guys and get to know them and kind of pick their brain on, you know, what they were looking for and how they identified um you know, evaluating talent and bringing them to their teams in the league. And so that was a great experience for me because we, we obviously – we had a lot of really good players that right. had gotten drafted. Um, and so just just that experience of being around those guys and high-level coaching and, um, and, and and the tradition. You know, being from Kentucky, I've been, I've been very blessed. I've never lived or coached anywhere other than Kentucky. 
So I grew yeah. up a, a fan of the, of the Wildcats. And so when you get a chance to work there, uh, it really means something to you. I, I'll never forget on one of your recruiting calls. He was like, who's your favorite artist? And I was like, hmm, Drake. And he was like, I met Drake. I took a photo with him. <laughs> I'm like, no way. And you send me his photo. Talk about like just when you was at, was he at the final four? Yeah, yeah. So Drake was at the final four. Um, I, I think the picture I have, I'm actually looking at it in my office now. Um, nice. was, was uh, after we had beaten Wisconsin in the 2014 Final Four. Uh, he was back in the locker room. So, we, we you know, of course, we beat him, uh, kind of a last-second shot. Aaron Harrison had hit an amazing run of, of, uh, of clutch shots there in March. And so uh, he was in the, in the locker room kind of celebrating with us there. And it's funny, that's always a, a, one of the pictures that's up in my office. Obviously, players, they like to see that one when they come in. I've got – uh, you know, pictures of us getting to go to the White House and meet uh, President Obama and, and nice. things like that in here. And so just just uh, unbelievable experiences that, you know, I was afforded from being there. You know, it, it opened up the door for me to uh, to be on Coach Cal's uh, Dominican Republic staff. You know, that was what when things really kind of took off for me because it was after my second year and Coach asked me to, to be a part of that staff. And so... Um, I was able to get on the floor and work with the guys and do some coaching. Nice. I did scouting. I did operations. I did player relations things. And I got to build relationships with guys like Al Horford, Charlie Villanueva, and Francisco Garcia, and, and uh, coach against, you know, great professional players like, uh, you know, Manu Ginobili and uh, the guys in Puerto Rico, J.J. Barea and guys like that. And, that. and that was the first time in my life I'd ever been out of the country which was wow. really cool. And uh, we got to go to, we got to go to the Dominican. We went to Brazil, we went to Argentina. Um, and that was just an unbelievable experience uh, culturally. Uh, but then from a basketball standpoint, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. You just, you learn so much and being around, uh, you know, great players, great coaching, the European game. And so it was really, it was, it was a great experience. How was their work ethic? Like you've been around these pros and, and for a lot of people don't know, like, just because they make the big bucks, they make the big bucks for a reason. Talk about like sure. their work ethic and their attention to detail. For sure. Yeah. And, that, and that's all the guys that, yeah. that we've had, but especially the pros, man. I mean, you know, they, they put in that time and they really treat their bodies. Uh, it, it, it's their investment, you know, it's, it's what they are. It's their livelihood. And so um, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, taking Al Horford, you know, he, we did two week training camp in, in Lexington. And so, you know, I would do anything and everything to help those guys and accommodate them and just make life easy for them. And so uh, we'd go straight from practice to, you know, I'd, I'd take Al grocery shopping. And he was so meticulous about reading every label and understanding. He, he, he just – he was almost a nutrition expert. Wow. But what he was, he was, he was an expert on what he was putting in his body. And uh, he was so mindful of that and he was so disciplined. And, you know, it's part of the reason that he's, 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 you know, enjoyed the career that he's had, you know, obviously he's got great talent, he's got great ability. Um, but I think the guys like him have separated themselves and they've become real pros. You know, I always say he was probably the most professional player I've ever been around was, was Al, just the way he treated people and his demeanor, the way he spoke, the way he, he trained his body, he took care of his body, sleep was important to him, nutrition, um, all those things, you know, they, they all add up. And I don't think there's quite anyone in, in, in basketball or in sports that's talented enough to not do those things now. 
because everybody, you know, it, 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 through conversations like this, through experience, everybody's learning how important those things are. And so now there's, there's guys with less talent, less ability that are catching up to players that do have that talent because they are committed, they're accountable, they're disciplined, and they're, they're doing all those things to offset, you know, just God-given ability. Uh, but Al was, man, all those guys, they just, they worked like crazy. You know, we had another great experience um, when the NBA lockout happened in 2011. True. I remember uh, that. Yeah, that was, that was so much fun. I mean, it was, that's when I really learned, like, the, the real, the great, great players. Um, man, they're just, they're so hungry to, to get better. And so, um, you know, when the lockout occurred, these NBA teams, they couldn't go to their, their team facilities. They weren't even allowed to go. Um, and so this was when the Thunder had uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, they had James Harden and they had Russell, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. Right. Yeah. I mean, they had, they had all three of those guys there. And um, so what they did was as a team, the players got together and they, they kind of just said, all right, we're going to pick, you know, wherever our guys are from, we're going to go spend a week at those different places. So they had Nazi Muhammad on their roster. And of course, Nazi was a long time. I don't even know how many years. Legend. Played in yeah, he's a legend. Yeah. Very well he respected. Won a national championship at Kentucky. He was, he was one of the all time favorite players at, you know, Kentucky history. So anyway, they, they spent a week in Lexington with us and uh, man, it was unbelievable. Those guys, they, you know, they, 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 they I guess they set it up with Cal and our staff and they said, Hey, look, we're going to come in. We want to work like we want to work to get better. We don't want you guys to come up with special routines for us. You know, NBA. Right. We want to do what you guys are doing. And it was so amazing to see those guys. You know, get with our strength coach and, and work out and just go unbelievably hard. Come to the gym and work with our coaches. And they wanted to do what we did with our players. You know, they didn't want to do NBA stuff. You know, whatever. Right. They, they they said make us better the way you make your players better. And those guys worked like crazy for hours. And then they'd, they'd go to the training room and they'd get in the hot tubs. They'd take care of their bodies. They'd go eat a meal. Then they'd come back and they'd, they'd, they'd play pickup and they'd shoot. And, man, you know, just seeing, you know, three of the best players in the world doing that, you know. And, and uh, at that point in time, you know, they weren't three of the best players in the world, but they were, on the, they were knocking on the door, obviously. Sure. Uh, but that's how they get there. You know, they're so committed. They're so disciplined to their craft. And uh, just being around those guys is amazing to see. It's, it's, it's huge because we talk about, you know, detail-oriented, being repetitive with our work. And off the court, I remember when we worked out, and I never understood why we're doing the same move over and over. And sure. I think that comes with uh, lack of immaturity playing a basketball, like playing a game, because I was always talented. By nature, I was just more athletically. I could outwork that opponent. But once I got to Europe, we're doing the same thing over and over. That's why I'm thankful that I'm able to be successful abroad because of what we worked on off the court and on the court, which is details of life. Can you just talk about our workouts that we did? For me to have a good game, we'd have to work out beforehand. Remember that? Yeah, you know, I, I think two things with that. I, I think, uh, I'm, you know, you mentioned the repetition and the things like that. I, I I'm a big habits guy. You know, I just yeah. think that you're going to develop these habits through great repetition, uh, pushing yourself to do things over and over and over again at a high rate and uncomfortable rate. And you get them and, and you just cement it as a habit because when, once you get into a game, you get into that moment, you get to the end when it's crunch time, when 
pressure is on or whatever that may be, you're going to, you're going to fall to the level of your training. And if your training is not in line with, with what you're trying to get accomplished, then you're going to do things that you're going to become uncomfortable in those moments. Sure. You have to really build these habits over and over and over. And sometimes as a player, those can become boring. They can become monotonous, but at the end of the day, you know, footwork is footwork. You know, at right. the end of the day, you're only as good as your footwork. You're only as good as your details, how you sell your fakes, whatever that may be, how low you play, playing through bumps. And you can't get enough of that stuff. And so by building that foundation and that foundation becoming who you are, that's the level you fall to. Now it opens up the ability for you to, to become creative, you know, and expand your game to other things. You know, you have to have that great foundation before you move on to other things. And, you know, you mentioned the, the pregame workouts that, that you and I would do. Um, I, I think a couple things about that. One, I just think that's where your confidence comes from as a player. You know, I, I think that if you, you get in there um, and, and you're one of the one, two, three guys on your team who's getting in an extra workout on game day, and you're going hard and you're, you're getting things right. You're building those habits. You're seeing the ball go in. You're speaking the language and the terminology that you're going to do in practice or in the game later that day you're just building so much confidence that you, you know, you're prepared. You've seen the ball go in, you're ready to go. And there's just a, a an aura that comes with a great workout, you know, and, and, right. and you just, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you shouldn't work out on game day. You're going to, you're going to fatigue yourself. I think it's the complete opposite. I think great players, you know, like yourself, you're going to, you're going to build more confidence. You're going to have more juice. You're going to have more fire. Right. And a guy who may be in quote unquote better shape than you, he, just, he can't catch you at the end of that. Um, and rhythm. I think a, there's a trust aspect that comes from it as, as well. You're going to be more receptive to me as a coach, uh, challenging you in a game or giving you a correction or whatever. We just spent 40 minutes with each other on the court working on your game. I invested that time. You invested it. There's a trust level there. Now, you know, now we can, we can really put that together in front of the team uh, on the court in the game. I remember vividly, I would, you would say, Rico, set the damn down screen so you can pick and pop. You know, yeah. it, it wasn't the three yet, but I don't know if you remember how I was just going on a streak of hitting a lot of mid-range from deep. They were deep twos. Yeah. Tennessee State, I mean, but that's what we practice on. I was against Austin P before I got hit in my eye, but I went on a streak where I was really starting to flow within the offense. But that became, while I was getting into extra work, I had cut out cut out a lot of the off-the-court habits, was starting to take the game more serious because it was time for me to make money. And if I wanted to have a professional career, you told me I'll never forget on the football field, you hey, Rico, like, you're shooting this from the field. I'm going to be honest with you. If you don't produce, it's going to look ugly for you. And right. I was like, I was like, damn, Coach Preston's having one of these mature conversations with me again. Yeah. But I'm very thankful for you. That's why I have the Yeti like you. I used to see you come in the gym and um, watching film on the bike. Can you just experience like why, well, talk about why film is important? Because we do it all the time in Europe and yeah. when I was at Moorhead. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really big. And so, um, you know, I became, I didn't realize how important film was until I got to Kentucky. And again, I thought coaching was, was all being on the floor, you know what I mean? Working guys out, correcting, pointing all that kind of stuff, demonstrating. And, and so when you get into the business and you're not allowed to do those things, uh, you have to find another way to, to impact success. 
And so, uh, you know, I was a film guy my first couple of years and I didn't know, I couldn't hook up a VCR. I didn't know anything about film. That's, and that's a God's honest truth and terrible with computers and all those things, sure. but I had to adapt and to learn it. Um, and I just learned how to watch film and, and really break things down. And I just learned so much, you know, and, and doing scouting with the coaches and uh, learning terminology and all those things. And so uh, film has just become a part of what I do. And so uh, I got to a point when I was, I was at Kentucky, I, I got kind of heavy there. I wasn't working out, you know, I went from being a player to still eating like a player, but I wasn't working out and burning calories right. like a player. So uh, I said, man, I got to find a way to multitask. And so I started watching film and, and riding the bike, uh, you know, a long time ago. And I just something I do to this day. I did it this morning when I woke up and it's just nice. it's something I like to do. And I watch all kinds of stuff. I watch our games. I watch scouting. You know, this time of year, I'm, I'm watching recruits. Um, I'm watching clinics of coaches, whatever that may be. And it's all about just conditioning your mind. But, uh, you know, we're, we do a lot of film work right now with our players. Uh, I don't want to say a lot. But we do we do some because, you know, right now we don't have access to our guys. Yeah. We can't work out with them. Um, they A lot of them don't have access to a court uh, right. or a weight room or any of that stuff right now. So it's trying to find ways to keep them engaged. And so we, we've done a number of different things. You know, during this quarantine, we started off, you know, I'm a big believer that uh, guys like to watch themselves. You know what I mean? You can send no a guy, doubt. you can send a guy film, but if he ain't in it, he's going to check out pretty quick. You know what I mean? He likes no to doubt. watch himself. And uh, so we would, uh, we sent the guys all their shots one week and we just, nice. everybody's shots. You know, some guys tapes were short. Some guys tapes were long. Depends on how much you played and how many shots you took. And it was amazing. Like I would call the guys and, and say, Hey, you know, um, Julius, what'd you think about your shots? Did you watch them? Coach, I've watched it nine times, nine times in three days. I'm like, you watched all your shots. Now he didn't have a whole lot of shots. He didn't play a whole right. lot. But, you know, he broke down and wrote down notes on every shot. And it's amazing because now he's really, he's invested in that. So the next week we sent the guys their assists and their turnovers. You know, take a look at these. You know, this is you. This is, these are your numbers that you produced and so on and so forth. And so, now we're, we're starting to put together edits of the guys. You know, last week, um, one of our freshman point guards, really good last year. I, uh, I did it, I, you know, because I've got the film experience and I like doing it. I cut out every one of his ball screens. And right. uh, I, I, I organized them. I divided them up by what play they were, what type of screen it was. Uh, was it good? Was it bad? Here's what was good. Here's what was bad. And I got on a Zoom like we're doing here, and we watched it together for an hour and a half. Right. And, and he's, like, begging me, Coach, will you send me that edit? I keep forgetting to send it to him because yeah. it's so long. But right. uh, you know, they, they like to see that stuff. And so uh, I just – that's where you learn. You know, that's where you learn. And, and again, that's where your confidence is going to come from that as well. Um, and once you get to, you know, to your level professionally, it's, it's so important. You know, you hear all these stories of, of Kobe or – of Michael or any of those guys, Dennis Rodman was talking about it in the last dance of how he'd study the, his opponents. You know, he'd study uh, what a guy likes to do so he can take it away from him. Um, and it's, it's so important. You know, your preparation is what gives you confidence. I remember you used to call me from my apartment. You was like, hey, we're watching film. And I like, you didn't have to do that. That's how I knew you genuinely liked me because you're like, Rico, I'm going to get you over this hump. No matter what you got going on, this is what matters. We're going to watch yeah. film. And I just saw the the space just open up for me on the court. 
because we run a dribble drive offense. Right. And let's say I'm coming up used to like you and coach Woods used to emphasize play hard. You play hard, but think slow, play fast and think slow. Right. So when I'm on that wing, you used to tell me like, yo, you don't have to calm down. And then once it's my turn to come up from the uh, baseline up to the wing, that's when one or two dribbles, uh, crap or kick it out. Sure. But if I didn't watch film, I wouldn't have known that. And yeah. that's how I, I take that approach in Europe. And it's helped me to have really successful games. And I'm like, Coach Preston used to be always on me with film. So I, I appreciate that again. Yeah, um, it, slows, it slows the game down, you know. And yeah. that's something that I've done. You know, I, I used to do that a lot on my own as an assistant. Um, if you remember, I'd, I'd have three, four, or I'd have like six or seven of you guys. We'd have all the forwards would come up in my office or in the stands. And right. Watch clips of everybody at those positions and then I did the same thing with the guards so uh, since I've become a head coach we have our our staff is divided up and so like coach Lombardi he's, he's he works with our guards uh, he has our our point guards and combo guards you know four guys and so he watches film with them all the time I mean he might be grabbing a guy before practice he might be grabbing a guy after practice um, you know we've installed really nice TVs we've renovated the offices since you've nice. been here um, so now the guys are up here all the time. So every coach has a has a big screen, and they they hook the computer up. The guys pop in in between classes and watch film. And, and you know it's so important. You know you, it slows the game down for you as a player. You get to see things. Uh, you learn from other guys. You know you don't just watch yourself, but you watch your teammates, watch your opponents, uh, and then you, you you build trust. You know what I mean? You build trust with the coach that you're watching the film with. It's how you learn. You know, and, and the more prepared you are mentally, the more confident you're going to be. And, um, you know, I, I say that word trust a lot. You know, that's that's one of our, 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 our core values here, man. I've got it written there. And, uh, in a huddle, I think we used to say trust because it was so important. Um, I, I, you know, I think about that conversation you and I had on the, uh, on the football field that time. You know, there's a very real conversation, but if you're going to have a, a culture of trust, and it's going to be built yeah. on a foundation of truth, and there's got to be there's got to be honesty amongst people, and um, that's that's what I always tell my guys, man. You know, I'm I'm always going to be honest with you. You may not like what I've got to tell you, but it's going to be the truth. Um, and, and you know, it's yeah. all in mind of getting you better. Have you like in, for example, for me when I play, I had a lot of I hit a wall. Like in JUCO, I hit a wall. Like, do I like? Is it really this hard to play? Like I'm just coming from a winning program within high school, and AAU, and then I get to DePaul, and things didn't work out. And now I'm at JUCO. I hit my wall there, and I was thankful for my team to help build me back up. For you in the coaching world, have you hit a wall? And like, how have you been overcoming like your walls? You know, I I think um, I think we all hit those walls. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I just think it, it a lot of it Rick, comes down to your identity. And it's sure. it's really hard um, with with us in this profession, either on the player side or the coaches coach side. You know, our identity can be so wrapped up. You know, for me in wins and losses, uh, for you in in, uh, in points or or position yeah. on the team or accolades or you know what league you're in or whatever that may be or your role on a team and um, and those are hard things to overcome. And I think uh, you've got to find your identity in other things. You know, um, since I've been a head coach here, you know, we've, we've not won as many games as obviously we've set out to do. 
but we've done things a, a certain way that, that I don't regret doing. And sure. my identity has been wrapped up in making, in, in making sure that we're developing great people, uh, that we're doing things the right way. Our priorities have always been in line. And, um, you know, the, our wins are going to come. There's no doubt about it. But, you, you know, you can't you, – you, they always say you can't get too high on a win, too low on a loss. Well, that's, that's very true. You know, you got to know who you are. You got to know what you're about. And you got to stay motivated. And I just think uh, your identity, what drives your identity, you know, spiritually is a big part of that as well. Uh, who you surround yourself with. And, uh, you know, not playing that comparison game. You know, the, the, the old saying, comparison is the thief, thief of joy. It's very true. You know, you can't play the comparison game because everyone's path is different. Everyone's circumstances are different. The hand everyone's dealt is different. Um, and you, you, you can't plan those things out. You just, you, you really got to live in the moment. You got to live in the present moment and control what you can control. And I know that sounds like a lot of cliches I'm throwing out, but they're very true. They're very true. It and it takes a lot of discipline to really stick to those things. And, uh, but knowing who you are, knowing what you're about, knowing what you believe and, and what you love gets you through those hard times. I, I agree. I, I think I always talk to you about my first year playing professionally. Now, you know, I was a job. Um, I was after we left Murray State and, you know, how I went about, I could have went about it differently because in terms of preparation, that's a whole different type of preparation. When you go play pro, majority of your teammates is already conditioned and know what to expect. I'm going in there fresh out of college, thinking I'm about to go make this money, you know, which I did in that category. But ultimately, you want to play. Sure. You want to compete. You're playing with guys who are married, who's been playing six to eight years, who's been in the NBA, who's been all over the world, and you see this young kid coming out at Ohio Valley Conference. Yeah, Coach, we can't trust him. Who is this kid? And that's when I really had to find my identity on, wow, I'm at the bottom in terms of where I want to be at. I made it, but now I have to work immensely hard to just get to where I want to be at and took a lot of self-reevaluation, a lot of self-reflecting, Preston, to get there. But I was thankful for the bumps and bruises. And it goes back to our conversations in JUCO. You're like, hey, you're going to come here. It's going to be strictly basketball. We're going to put in the work so I can get you to where you need to be. And thank you, you know, again, Preston, for just helping me and keeping those conversations in the back of my head. Yeah, man, no, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm glad to see you. You know, I like to share your story. I'm a big storyteller, you know, I'm yeah. part of my culture, but uh, I like to tell players stories like yourself and some of your teammates that you guys had. And, uh, it, you know, when you become a pro, I, and I always try to caution our players because, you know, obviously everybody wants to be a professional player. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody wants to make money playing basketball and everybody wants to make a lot of money doing it and get the, the freedoms and luxuries that come with being a pro, whatever level that may be. But, you know, I try to always caution our guys that, again, living in the moment, that you don't get this time back. You know, right. you don't. And when you're a college player, uh, you, you need to enjoy it. You know, you need to enjoy the camaraderie that you have with your teammates uh, because you probably won't have that when you become a professional. You know, enjoy the relationships that you have with your coaches uh, because you're, you're not going to have that when you become a professional. Um, you know, enjoy the, the luxuries that you have, the, the lack of responsibility, although, you know, classes and things like that feel like they're really taxing at the time. And, you, you know, in all honesty, a lot of guys don't love academics. They didn't either. But 
um, you know, you, you, a lot so many guys, they just, they, they want to move on to that part of their life so quickly that they, they just overlook how great it is to be a college athlete. Um, and and you, again, you just don't get that time back. And I try to get guys to just pump the brakes. I remember telling you my comment was just, you know, hey, unpack your bags, man. Right. You're good. Stay here for a while. Relax. Enjoy this uh, because you're not going to get it back. You know, this this right. time that you got going to eat in, in cafeterias or going out to eat with your teammates, time on the buses and the dorms, apartments, whatever it may be, you, you're never going to have that again. You know, so just enjoy that time as much as you can, and and, and uh, that'll help prepare you. Uh, you you hear these uh, these athletes like Matt Barnes or Stephen Jackson? They have a podcast. They have a lot of really great people come on, and outside of them, they talk about their college days. Like Matt, I'm a huge fan of Matt Barnes, and he talks about when that lockout, the runs at UCLA, because that's where he played. And he was like, "Man, there's nothing like being in college." Yeah because of the experience. And it's, it's really a tough decision for people. If you're not a first round or a top, you got to stay in college. Sure. Because the experience and the, the camaraderie, like you said, you can't get that back. No, you, you, you really can't. You really can't. And, uh, you know, and I think a lot of that nowadays is, uh, you know, you're seeing a lot of players go early. You're seeing a lot of guys testing the waters and obviously the the process has changed so much over the past couple of years. Now you can you can sign with a certified agent. Um, the deadlines and all those things have been messed up due, due to the COVID this year. But um, again, it just I, I think you know there's there's got to be a value on a degree. There's got to be a value on this time and this experience. And and being a pro will will take care of itself. But again, a lot of guys just don't understand what it takes to be a pro. You know, if you're having trouble being a dominant player on your college team, no matter what level you're, you're at, you're having trouble uh, adjusting to the coach. You're having trouble picking up on things, you know, you have no shot of, of getting paid to play basketball. It just True. doesn't look that way. You know, you, you have to do those things. And, and the, the reality of it is there's very few people in the world whose talent can overcome uh, being focused, the details you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, all those things, you know, there's very few in the world. And, you know, I, I just reposted a video the other day of, of LeBron and, you know, it's, it's been out for a number of years. It, it's amazing. He's, you know, he had, had seven turnovers in a playoff game and a reporter asked him his post game about it. And he recites all seven of them and it plays the video of it. He, he knew what he saw, why he made the pass, who stole the pass, who it was supposed to be to. I mean, he knew those turnovers in chronological order 30 minutes after a game. It's amazing. I don't know that I yes. could watch the game on film and cut it out and recite it to you like that. And so, you know, a lot of people see, you know, they see LeBron's obviously 275 pounds, 6'8", what he is physically, and he is you know, unbelievable in that regard. Um, but he's even more than that. You know, he, he right. mentally, he is light years ahead of anyone else that's stepping on that court. And that's that's where his greatness is really coming from. That's the separator for him. I, I agree. And uh, last question, Preston, who was the people that shaped you to be the person you are today? You know, uh, my, my family is is a big part of it. I'm, I'm just a Shout out to Misty. Yeah, man. Misty, yeah. She's, she's unbelievable. Uh, my wife. 
Um, you know, she's my best friend. We've been together since we were seniors in high school, high school sweethearts. And uh, she, she takes she takes care of our family. You know, she's really huge in that regard. Her family is, is, has been a big part of it. Um, you know, my parents, uh, my coaches growing up, obviously the time I spent at Kentucky, uh, the time I got to spend here uh, with Coach Woods, you know, I'm forever grateful for Coach, man. He was he brought me here um, and, and let me do so much. You know, you, you remember as an assistant that yeah. I got to do so much stuff. You know, he was so right. good to me and so much trust. And, and You coached uh, a lot of the practices too. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, great. I re- and I, I, I take that, a lot of that from uh, from Coach Woods. And my coaches do a lot of coaching. My assistants, man, I, I love for them to be involved in the planning and implementing and teaching and all of that stuff. And, you know, that's how you develop your voice. And and, uh, and so, you know, Coach Woods was a big part of that stuff for me, man, on top of just being great to work for. You know, he was so much yeah. fun to work for. And he was such a family guy. Uh, you know, nothing came above your family with him. You know, let's shock the world. Every yeah. every big team, let's just shock the world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> you know, coach always had a great chip on his shoulder and and uh, got guys to play so hard. But um, he was a family first guy. And, you know, he still is where he's at. And I always took that away from him and and really loved that. And uh, you know, with 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 Cal, it was, it was about the players. You know, make everything about the players. You know, they get all the credit in a win, and you take all the all the um, all the all the blame as in the loss as a coach. And so I've always really taken that to heart and made sure to protect our guys and, and just try to prepare them. And both those guys making sure you're preparing your players off the court as well. Uh, because if, if all we're doing is, is getting guys better at basketball, then we're wasting a lot of time. You know, we're, we're, we're missing a valuable opportunity to prepare them to be men. And at the end of the day, that's, that's what we're here to do. I agree. Coach Preston, thank you so much. I know you're on the go, bro, but I appreciate you this morning, and I can't wait for everybody to hear it. Man, I'm excited. Again, I appreciate you having me on here, and uh, I've always loved our time together, man. Uh, you know, recruiting, you were, you were my first big recruit. It, I, it, I appreciate that. And uh, one of my all-conference guys, one of my hardest workers, one of my most relentless players and sponges, and uh, I'm proud of you. I love watching your career grow, and and seeing how you're using your degree, you know, you're, you're using your intelligence beyond basketball to make an impact here. Use your passion to do that. So anytime you do that, man, you're, you're doing what you love. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you, Preston. All right, my man. Take it easy. What's up, everyone? We are back. Hope you all enjoyed this episode with my guy, Coach Preston. Coach Preston is one of a kind, and he continues to put in work day in and day out. Shout out to my guy, Coach Johnny Basketball. He is the assistant over at Moorhead State University. Can't wait to have him on the podcast very soon so he can just talk about his grind and his journey, guys. Um, What we have next, this Thursday, new episode, of course. I will not say the guest. Um, Just be on the lookout. Stay tuned. Do not forget to subscribe and leave a review. Peace.